Is It Transphobic? will be addressing issues of transphobia and transmisogyny. We may also address issues of racism, classism, ableism, and various other intersectional issues in this podcast. So this is a trigger warning. The panelists on Is It Transphobic? will also use strong language. So listener discretion is advised. Hey everyone, this is Ashley from Is It Transphobic? So, um, this is a video that we, you're already gonna hate all of the audio, I know this ahead of time. Uh, what happened was during the Queer Eye recording, uh, my computer found itself in what is known as a boot loop, in that it kept booting up and restarting and refused to stop doing that so we had to record uh with a lot of as you probably heard in the the audio from that one we had to record using other means and um as a result uh this one because of the boot looping and because i had to completely restart the computer luckily my friend mavreen was able to get the computer working uh, but because i had to restart it all I lost all of the raw footage for the Being John Malkovich episode. Uh, luckily, you know, I, I post these things. We do a live stream on Facebook. Uh, so as a result, this is just the audio from the live stream. So apologies. I swear we have a new mic. I think at some points AJ and I make some jokes about how, oh, this new mic. Oh, you got to look out. You got to move it. And it has no bearing on what you're about to listen to at all. Uh, that said, we are celebrating our second year of being a podcast. So thank you so much for supporting. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, and please enjoy this episode. We're going to talk about being John Malkovich, which I did not expect to talk about, but somebody brought it up. Uh, I believe it was my friend Tina. Uh, she mentioned that, like, hey, maybe this is transphobic. I don't know. It's been a while. And I completely forgot. So, yeah, check out... This is AJ and I talking about being John Malkovich. So thank you so much for joining us for Is It Transphobic? My name is Ashley Lauren Rogers, and I am the producer creator of Is It Transphobic? And today I'm being joined by... I am AJ Manioli, and I'm a queer filmmaker, uh, and I'm happy to be on the show again. I always love the discussions on the show. It makes me afterwards really think about everything that I kind of said, and, and I think it opened up uh, my opinions on a lot of things. So, and as a trans person, uh, you can be transphobic sometimes, and uh, I think that sh this show really kind of showed me sometimes I say asshole things, so thank you. I've been meaning to thank you for that, actually. Oh, thank like, you. No, I think, like, yeah. we have to learn. I think that, you know, if you don't want to kick the person you were five years ago in the face, then you're not growing enough as a person, so, mm -hmm. you know. Um, Hopefully we won't regret last year's podcast that soon. But. Well, and, and with language and people that are constantly changing and shifting, it is something that we have to kind of keep in check 100%. And sometimes you can release a thing like that you maybe don't like how you phrase the thing, and that will help you remember, no, I need to make sure that I'm, I'm yeah. fixing this and constantly moving forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, um, yeah, we've had some great discussions, like my, my opinion on uh, hiring trans actors, you know, exclusively to play trans roles, you know, not that I was ever against that, clearly, but like my, 
my like you know ideas about that and like not to be scared of asking trans women to to play if there's you know um, a role of them in the past to play them and be able to ask a trans woman and not feel uncomfortable that they might go into like a dysphoria thing and acknowledging that like make put that on them give them the part and mm -hmm. and and they know it's coming you know they have the script in hand then. Yeah, yeah, give, give yeah. them the option. Give them the option. Yeah, yeah. So today we're talking about being John Malkovich. I got a hello on our uh, chat. Hello, Melissa. Uh, so that said, being John Malkovich, <laughs> I watched this on Comedy Central years and years ago, like growing up, like in my teens. I didn't, you know what? I didn't even think yeah. of it as a comedy. Like it yeah. was so bizarre. But yeah, I guess it would be a comedy. <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's that kind of comedy because it's so absurd that you're kind of laughing because you're not quite following what's going on <laughs> and there are some things that you know make sense but don't. Like they take it just seriously enough yes. that it's even the most ridiculous things like the fact that they're on a floor that's about half the size as other floors because and they had a I just think of like like money wise like they built that like you're not like you didn't rent that like you built an entire like they built an entire office building half the size like and I'm just thinking of the extras who made like twenty five dollars that day and they're all walking hunched over for eleven hours like mm -hmm. oh, I mean, it would have been hell but I would have loved it I would have like before the movie came out, if I was an extra there, I would have been like, oh my god, I have no idea what this movie is. I had to keep like walking like. <laughs> Just hunched over like the entire time. Like, and you looked, actors were doing different things. Yeah. Like, some were just doing the normal this. There was one guy that was just doing this the entire time, walking up. It was kind of great. Yeah, it was kind of yeah. great. It was, and mm -hmm. I, I don't, I mean, how do you feel that mm. really, like, what, what do you think that significance of this half floor was in the movie? Well, I think, I think they, there were some elements that, they just wanted to make the audience not necessarily uncomfortable, but think like, this guy doesn't really want this job. Like they, yeah. and so I think that that's part of it. I think part of it was like building up this idea that he wanted to be someone else, and it's not even that he necessarily wanted to be someone else as much as he did not want to be where he was. Where right he was. Now. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that was a part of it. There's probably other like the director and writer are very. Uh, tight-lipped about their symbolism and why they did what they did. Got it, got uh, it. And even like in some of the reviews that I read, John Malkovich has said what he thinks the movie was about. But they, they made the choice not to necessarily say to anyone why they made the decisions they did. I mean, um, I think I was, you know, afterwards, like really, like afterwards I, I was thinking um, maybe it, it can represent uh, that we only own half of our minds, so we only own half of our space. Mm. Like our space in this world isn't really ours, um, and you could easily be influenced, I guess, from outside forces such as this portal, mm. um, and and that you, you can, you know, you only half yourself. And I think that that could maybe be some. I kind of love that. Like it really made me have to think, like, what the hell does that mean? And you know, maybe it's maybe it's the, yeah, it's. Or you're only part of a person if you don't enjoy your job. Um, yeah, so that's how the, the movie started. Well, I guess that's not even how it started. It started yeah. with the weird puppetry. 
that the puppets in this were amazing. They're terrifying, but they're amazing. Phenomenal. So Phenomenal. for those who haven't seen the movie, do you want to give... So for, for those who haven't seen it, uh, just FYI, we are going to talk heavily about the plot, and I do... I will throw it. I recommend seeing it. We'll talk about whether we thought it was an enjoyable experience later, but I would recommend seeing this yeah. movie just in general, just because it's fascinating. Um, but would you feel comfortable giving a synopsis of what happens in this movie? Uh, sure. Um, I, I would say an unhappy couple, um, both trying to make each other happy but not being able to. Um, one get finally one who's the puppeteer, uh, John, John Cusack, right? Yep. Uh, John Cusack, the puppeteer, he decides to get a regular office job uh, where he falls in love with this beautiful woman pretty much just on sight. I mean, her character wasn't really developed that great, but I was like, why well, do I love this girl? Uh, <laughs> I, have, I have my feelings about Maxine, but yeah, yeah, so, going, yeah. You know, um, he falls in love with Maxine, and uh, together they, find, they wind up finding a portal uh, at this half-floored office. Um, and the portal essentially sucks you into John Malkovich's mind, and you see things from his eyes, it's all point of view, um, and then it, the portal kind of just dumps you out in the middle of, I want to say Jersey, Jersey? Yeah. yeah, like, I don't know why, I feel like if I was John Malkovich, I would have been like, can, the, like, the end of my brain not be, the portal out not be Jersey, like, I would hope mine would be like, I don't know, Paris, so like Italy, not freaking Jersey Turnpike. I, I feel like part of that was just so that they could make sure that the characters could get back to the needed to be. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what? So and then and then there was like these sub. Um, so that's your main thing that uh, essentially these two people are charging other people, charging clients to come in and go through the portal, two hundred dollars to be able to exit your life for fifteen minutes and be John Malkovich. And then I guess eventually um, they just figure out how to take over John Malkovich's whole being. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, like eventually John Cusack starts uh, forcing John Malkovich to say the things that he wants to, which freaks out John Malkovich. Yeah. He is not happy. I, I, I mean, I felt for John Malkovich yeah. so much in this movie. And particularly, we'll kind of get to this, but Maxine was played by one of the characters that was also in Get Out. And now right. having oh. seen Get Out, wow. I, I'm like, I can't look at this movie the same way. This is a horrifying movie. That's, that's when I did not, yeah. I was thinking a lot about Get Out, and, mm -hmm. you know, obviously it was, what, like, at least 20 years ago? Yeah, 99, I think, was the year. Yeah, mm -hmm. so about 20 years ago, so, like, I didn't put two and two together that was the same mm -hmm. actress, but the whole time I was like, oh, wow, Get Out definitely got a lot of its ideas from being John Malkovich. Well, if you're a Get Out fan, I would say instantly watch this movie and you will see the parallels. Now even yeah. more, but it's the same actress. But yeah, that's... Mm -hmm. What is that actress's name? Uh, I looked it up before. I can't remember because I see her in a lot of things and she's wonderful. I'm going to look it up right now while we talk. Yeah, she um, was really fantastic in, in both films. Um, but if you're a fan of, of Get Out, I definitely suggest watching this because it has strong connections there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the reason that we are talking about this show on, uh, or the reason we're talking about being John Malkovich on this show, is because uh, there's a character, Lottie, who's played by Cameron Diaz, who is unrecognizable. 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 Like, 
apparently, they gave uh, the director, whose name I'm completely forgetting, Spike Jones, uh, who they gave Spike Jones complete, like, hey, we don't know what to do with this character, so just whatever. It's not specifically described. So she's got the frizziest hair. She's just like. It's, I would say it's, it's equal to Charlize Theron in Monster. Yeah. Like the unrecognizable, the like, wait, what? Like. I looked at the IMDb cast uh, just to see who was in it um, a few days ago, and I was like, oh, and then, like, as I'm watching the movie, I'm like, oh, oh, that's where she comes in. <laughs> like, like, that's her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what a transformation. By the way, the name of the uh, actor who plays uh, uh, Maxine was Catherine Keener. Catherine Keener. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and she got a Best uh, best Supporting Actor or Best Supporting Actress, I think is the official term for female actors. Yeah, in, yeah. In the Oscars, the Best Supporting Actress uh, nomination for this movie, for this really? part. And she did not want to do it. Like, she just, she didn't understand why she was getting this part. She didn't see anything really redeemable in the character when oh, she the, first yeah, read. Yeah. And you can actually see, like, she did a really good job working through that and creating an interesting character out of it. Because I actually, I loved Maxine the more I was getting into her. It's yeah. just, like, when you look at the fact that he, John Cusack, is this creepy, in my, I, one of my notes is that if this was made today, he would be a supervillain in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because <laughs> yes. he's just, yeah. like, creepy as hell. Oh, he knows gracious. what he wants. He wants to get it. Hey, I'm a puppeteer. <laughs> <laughs> Date me. Like, I guess, he, gets, he gets punched in the movie from yeah. essentially as like these puppets um, <laughs> doing like pretty much like humping walls, like this sexual uh, this is situation. Public. This is on the New York Street. Yeah, New York Street, and like this, this little girl's like, "Ooh, Dad, look puppets!" And the dad finally like turns around to see the puppets and sees that they're like being sexual, and he just knocks them out. And I was like, "Good." Yeah. I was like, yeah. "Good." I was like, "Like you have a, a like the kid was like maybe what seven? Mm-hmm. I was like, and I was like, if I turn around and my seven-year-old was watching some puppeteer make puppets hump, I thought, oh, yeah, <laughs> like, yo, man, stop the show. The kid's seven. <laughs> well, I'm gonna tell you, even that, like, the opening puppet show, if he was doing that in public, that would have been impressive. Yeah. Like, if you were looking, he was like, the the puppet itself uh, was like doing flips and doing rolls. And yeah, just, whoever like, the actual. Impressive. Yeah. Whoever the actual puppeteer mm-hmm. uh, for that movie, like, I mean, I don't know if they're all famous puppeteers, but, like, mm-hmm. whoever built those and did the marionette, um, you know, movements, yeah. phenomenal. I, I was like, mm-hmm. I don't even understand how you can move wooden objects in that way and how you can move your fingers in, in such a way. It's really quite fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, it, was, it was, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of odd things about, I mean, the puppet, you know, the puppet correlation in the film. Uh, pretty much had to do with using John Malkovich's body as a puppet, um, just so that there's reference here. Uh, so we see how John Cusack is so good at puppetry, and then he's able to take over this body, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there was a lot of holes, like oh, yeah. how come how come he didn't get shot out every 15 minutes from mm-hmm. the portal? Well, with him. Uh, and they, they kind of, there were a couple of things that you have to, like, really, like, and I think it's probably because I've seen it a couple of times as mm. well. Uh, you, there are a couple of lines that seem almost like throwaway lines that make sense in the story. Like, God. oh, no, like, I, I figured it out. I just, I have to be calm. And when I'm calm in Cusack, or in Cusack, in Malkovich, then I can stay in Malkovich. 
much. Okay, um, okay. And I love like, those kind of lines. Like, we have to justify this in the script somehow. Ah, just let them say yeah. this. We're good. Because <laughs> um, oh. I feel like, oh, I've taken a pill to cure that. It's always an easy, easy. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's a new pill. Oh, there is? Yeah, it's a movie. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's what it's called. It's a movie. Uh, I like it. It's a good, it's a good pill. That sure is everything we need to for the plot. Yes. Yeah, it really, <laughs> mm -hmm. it was all a dream. <laughs> never again. Um, so the, and you know what, we'll, we'll get to Lottie in a little bit, because Lottie is the main meat and potatoes of why we're yes. talking about this. Uh, but we'll, we'll talk about her in a sec. I want to focus on Maxine for a moment. Okay. Because uh, I know that you mentioned you were just like, did you just not get behind Maxine? I'm not, I, I yeah. literally couldn't. I love me a strong, powerful woman, mm -hmm. especially in a film. I think that, you know, I, I think we need more of that. I need, mm -hmm. I need the L word. Like, that was everything for me. Like, give me a powerful person in charge, woman in charge. Um, but I didn't, there was nothing redeeming for me about her. Even at the end, uh, She's pregnant, and she's a little bit more emotional, a little bit more loving, um, mm. and I felt almost like the end was, and I don't know, but I felt like it was written like six months later, and they were like, mm. ooh, we need, to, we need to redeem this character a little bit. It yeah. felt very different. Still the same movie, but mm. very like, oh, like now she's this personality. Yeah, it, it felt a lot like there are certain beats that they wanted to put, that they, they wanted to make sure happened, but didn't end up in the movie. And it, as a result, she kind of turns into, uh, like I was watching this with my wife last night, and one of the things she says, it was like, you know, it was still satisfying, but there is a certain extent that Maxine is the stereotype of that, like, bisexual manipulation type yeah. of thing uh, that you see in a lot of bisexual characters. And so for this, it, it was, it still felt satisfying, and I'm still trying to figure out exactly why, but it, it's definitely, you can't watch it and say that that wasn't present. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, the, I, I really did enjoy Maxine, and I think so much of that was because Cusack's character, I can't remember his name, but Cusack's character, the puppeteer, he was just a complete bag of shit. Oh, God. I, I hated him so much, so as much as she was taking advantage of him, and she was definitely taking advantage of John Malkovich, um, as yeah. much as, like, and she was. Yeah. I, I felt a lot of sympathy early on for her, because I think that okay. we, especially in 99, the writers were probably thinking, oh, we're gonna feel for John Cusack so much. And it's just like, I don't anymore. Oh, like, no, fuck that guy. He sees this woman. He's like, uh, uh, I want this woman. And, like, that's literally kind of how he yeah. reacted. Yeah. Not to, you know, like, uh, but he was just like, like, primal instinct, like, I want this woman. So I'm going to impress her. Hi, you're great. Yeah. And just awkward. And that's fine. People can be awkward, but it was a very egregiously bad kind of awkward. And, they, and, and I mean, makeup did not do anything. No. You know, you know they, they made him look, you <laughs> yeah. know, I'm sure it was a choice, mm -hmm. but like his hair was very greasy, it was very yeah. stringy, like... Mm -hmm. And oh. she was she was basically willing to give the him the benefit of the doubt until he said he was a puppeteer, and then suddenly, she, and suddenly she just immediately says, nope, I'm gone. Yeah, we and all I, have our, our hard limits, Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. And I, you know, I have friends that are puppeteers, so. <laughs> I don't think, would, would they use that as a, like, like, I, I feel like they're not using <laughs> they, that as a, like. Hey, you want to come see my puppets now? <laughs> that was actually a puppet. line in the movie. 
I'm going to show you my puppets later. I think that's what it was. Like, I'm going to show them to you. Do you, so want to to you want to come to my puppet room? I think was what it was. It was hanging it's like in the house. <laughs> Even there was oh scenes God, where like there was a puppet. Oh such a creepy man. Yeah, so like so, and puppets just. Yeah. I mean, especially if like it's one thing if you have them like in a box or something, mm-hmm. but like they're so present throughout the movie, like yeah. in the background. I'm just like, oh, like when is this gonna turn into Annabelle? Like mm-hmm. I was like, what is happening? Well, and and especially. What I appreciated, I don't necessarily want to say I liked this about her, but like I, I think I appreciated the Maxine character. And the, the big part of that for me was that she kind of became the puppeteer almost immediately, especially yeah. when she realized that he was inhabiting Malkovich. And again, there's a lot to unpack with that and that sentence and all of that because she's absolutely manipulating a man that has no control over his body, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. And again, like that's that's a lot of things that you have to unpack with this movie in order to watch it and to some extent enjoy it. Yeah. But yeah, like it, it was, it got because because it gets dark. It gets really dark, really dark out of like yeah. almost nowhere. Like mm-hmm. it's like oh, like you go from you know John mm-hmm. Cusack's uh, character goes from just being really creepy and weird to very physically abusive, yeah. um, which kind of, for me, he seemed, his character almost seemed, and not that I equate physical abuse with strength, but I yeah. feel like his character up until that point was so weak, I almost didn't, like, I loved it, he struggled yeah. when he was, like, mm-hmm. trying to force um, his wife down, and, you know, there was that struggle, there was his clumsiness was still there, mm-hmm. he was dropping the gun that he was trying to use to manipulate her, but I kind of felt like, he it was out of his character like he's a creepy guy that lurks and like his character yeah. seemed like a creepy lurky guy mm-hmm. not the assault guy yeah and i kind of felt like that came out of nowhere mm-hmm. like it was still his wife who mm-hmm. in the beginning even you know even though they might not have been in love in the mm-hmm. beginning i think that there was still a mutual respect for each other mm-hmm. there was still a friendship there and i felt all of a sudden it was like abuse and mm-hmm. he essentially ties her up and throws her into a cage that she shares with her monkey. It's a weird movie. It's it's there's so many Elijah. Yeah. There's so many things. So um. <laughs> Well and, and I think that there is something about like I think that what they were trying to do with that was say that because it was so almost addictive to be John Malkovich, mm-hmm. you would get pushed beyond what you think you're capable of in order to experience that for lack of a better term, that uh-huh, high again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and or this, I, I I actually felt that that rang true. Okay. Uh, maybe it still jumped a little bit, but it jumped because the stakes were going higher because he was becoming obsessed with this other woman yeah. uh, to a very unhealthy extent, and it really did show how unhealthy that extent was. Mm. Um, and it gave her, who being, even though she wasn't necessarily a puppeteer, being a manipulator, uh, was able to find a way to use that to her advantage mm-hmm. um like so so as far as like the movie itself and finding the way i it tracked for me like it never necessarily shot, shot up any bells okay. uh the only thing like and it it did feel very like if he is going to be this kind of creepy and uh, abusive to this woman that he's infatuated with yeah. of course he's going to do that to the woman that he that trusts him the most yeah uh, and so, because I was seeing that behavior with the way he was uh, approaching Maxine, it didn't 
feel it false. Feel he false went yeah. Took it out on his wife. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. They were married. They were married. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, no, that's a very good point. And, and mm-hmm. to go back to the whole bisexual kind of, um, yeah, yeah, you're right, very Disney, very Marvel Universe-like yeah. like villain. Um, hey, he would be the puppeteer. Yeah, he would like, be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been John Malkovich. Now I'll be you, Spider-Man. <laughs> like, I... <laughs> Oh my god, that'd be amazing. Marvel needs to jump on this. Oh my lab. goodness. It would be fantastic, actually. I would I would go with my movie pass four times. I would abuse that that privilege. <laughs> um but I, I, I do think bringing up the bisexual thing, mm. um for the for Maxine and uh his wife who I mean trans or not trans, yeah. still bisexual, right? I think actually talking about bisexuality in this context is a good way to start talking about uh, Lottie and all of the conversation that happened, uh, particularly near the end. Uh, like, well, let's let's talk about Lottie and then we'll, well, let's put a pin in uh, Maxine and bisexuality for okay. right now. Yep. Let's come back to that after we talk about Lottie so that yeah, it makes it, a little bit more sense yep. too. Uh, so Lottie goes into John Malkovich's head, experiences being John Malkovich, and immediately the first thing she says is essentially like, oh my gosh, I've never experienced something like this. I'm trans, I'm, the way she put it was, and I wrote it down, hold on. Yeah, let's uh, make sure we all know yeah. this is not coming from myself or Ashley. This is yeah. a direct quote from the film. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> it's <us>. life. <laughs> so some of the things she said include, it's it's life. Malkovich has a penis and a vagina. Uh, I'm just at, like be referring to the fact that his physical body has like, still has a penis, but he, because he has a, a conduit for people to enter his brain, it's like he has a vagina. Uh, and then after that, she says, I've decided that I'm a transsexual, which is immediately followed. And at that time, that word that was, was moving away from popular lexicon, but it was still in there, particularly was, in mean, the Hollywood sense. Yeah, um, And then uh, John, uh, John Cusack said, it's a phase the feeling of seeing through someone else's eyes. Probably the one time I didn't get offended by it's a phase, yeah. honestly. <laughs> well, and, and I think the only reason that I still kind of like a little bit was because it's not necessarily, because for me, whenever I hear that, A, it's just like, don't be fucking dismissive. Like, I'm not saying that Lottie is trans, Fair. but at the same time, it's just like, go fuck yourself. Like, immediately, it's like you're hearing this from your wife, and your first thought is not, okay, how can I be supportive? What can I do? And given, I, he's, yeah. he's a, he's a dirtbag to his dirt wife. Bag. And you, you know, but, and, and mm-hmm. you know, you're lucky enough to have, like, a really accepting, amazing wife. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of people yeah. that would be given that information that mm-hmm. the nicest thing they could say is it's a phase. Yeah. You know, like, if you think about it that way, like, mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, um, and I just kind of felt like, for me, it didn't. Even though those that was the line, yeah. Phase, it was more just like, for me, I heard it as like, girl, please, like yeah. you just were like in a dude's body, like, yeah. like let's <laughs> let's just back this up a second. Like I took it more like, um, the undertones of it's mm. a phase as opposed mm. to like, like I took it like he was like more of like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like you've this, been John Malkovich for fifteen, 15 minutes, minutes yeah. So like you know, um, like like calm it down, yeah. and that's kind of mm-hmm. how I took it. Less of the 
it's a phase that we, you know, as queers and LGBT people constantly get. Um, this one, I was like, wow. <laughs> I yeah. was like, you are like just in like someone else's body. Maybe we shouldn't be thinking mm. about identity politics at this moment. Mm. Like, maybe we should back up and think about the fact that you were just in someone's brain and seeing mm. out their eyes. Mm. <laughs> like, I was like, oh. And that's another reason yeah. kind of the, the transgender um, storyline kind of came out of nowhere for me because I was yeah. like, you have such an amazing idea for a film. Mm. What is it? Wasn't it, I mean, mm. I don't ever mind a trans yeah. storyline, but I was just like, God, you're doing a lot with this film. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and I think because particularly at that time, and it's still '99. Yeah. Uh, and this is not me saying like, oh, it was 99, it was okay to do that. That's not where yeah, I'm going. but we learned. We learned. For the writers, it was still looked at as like, oh, this is a minor thing. Yeah, yeah, okay, she can just change. Oh, yeah, she's going to get, like, they uh, they didn't call it, I was very a, I was a very big fan that they didn't call it a quote-unquote sex change. She said, I'm going to get sex reassignment surgery. It was, was all I... within, like, a very quick spurt of yeah. conversation. And then they kind of bring it up here and there. So I kind of, I wish that they had gone into more of a, like, oh, my God, I loved this. Does this mean that I'm trans? I don't know. Because yeah. I think, like, that would have been a more interesting story of, like, what does this mean? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the movie itself can really be, if they, you know, if they yeah. wanted to, it could have been four different movies. Yeah. Really. Like, they really could have taken four <laughs> different storylines. Mm -hmm. We haven't even gotten to all the storylines yet. No. Then there's this whole like old people taking over bodies. So like we're oh, not yeah. gonna touch that for right now. Which but, I like, have I have a lot of information both on so this was initially two different stories. That, oh uh, okay. I, I can't remember the name of the writer, but he's a prolific writer. Um, I, that I makes like a lot of sense. But yeah, it was that. two different stories. It was the puppeteer who's married and uh, in, finds out that he's in love with another woman and also a story that he was thinking of where you can enter the head of John Alvich. And he combined them. And so that yeah. does, okay. And it's hard to do, I mean, it's hard to yeah. fit a movie. I mean, as a filmmaker, I'm constantly asking writers, like, you gotta cut 10 pages off. Yeah. Like, gotta cut 10 pages off. I don't know what to tell you. Like, yeah. I can't have a script that's 105 pages. It needs mm -hmm. to be 92. Make it happen. So, like, mm -hmm. to take two stories of such depth and be mm -hmm. like, we could do this shit in an hour and a half. <laughs> like, that's, that's, that makes sense why it felt kind of divided, and I was, they really could have went so much deeper with the trans story, they could have yeah. went deeper with, you know, the, the taking over the body kind of story, mm -hmm. um, and they really, I feel, I feel we missed out as an audience um, yeah. from, from a lot. Two really great movies could have been made, and we only got one decent mm -hmm. worth seeing movie, yeah. you know, um, not fantastic, but decent, I would say. Well, and there's, there's this, and I, I made sure to write this down because I had a thought about, like, because I was looking through earlier today uh, critiques, because, you know, it's been out since 99, yeah. so a lot of people have critiqued people. it. And you mean people have opinions? <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, and specifically, the, like, the commonality that I saw, particularly looking at Lottie, uh, there's the narrative of the whole piece is so yearning to be someone else, and that's across the board. Everyone wants to be someone else in some facet. Uh, so, so much of the trans experience is actualizing who you are, like in real life. That's so much of what it is. And so sometimes that's, and sometimes that can be through either uh, when you're young playing, uh, even when you're older, like doing drag, doing performances play, 
uh, and sometimes taking on personas, but it's not about being someone else. And I think that's where the writers fell flat, because as much as, again, it was the commonly understood narrative of trans folk, that yeah. it's like, you're, you're becoming someone else. Oh, yeah. you've experienced time in someone else. That means you're different now. Ooh. And yeah, and I feel like it would, yeah. it would make you a different, I mean, experience something like that, being yeah. in someone else's body for 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. I could definitely say it would, it would, it would at least alter your identity in some, like, yeah. in some way, shape or form, like that would be a life changing experience. I yeah. don't necessarily think that like, you know, I mean, it's hard to talk mm -hmm. from a cis viewpoint, yeah. um, you know, because I, that wasn't our experiences. Mm -hmm. um, but I can't imagine, like, if I went into, I don't know, Julia Roberts' portal, mm -hmm. then all of a sudden I would have sex with a very handsome man, and I would, like, get mm -hmm. out of the portal and be like, ooh, I'm going to go put a dress on and go yeah. and be, like, really <laughs> feminine now. Like, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think that, mm -hmm. I think you could... Yeah, I've definitely enjoyed the experience. Mm. Like, I would love to be, you know, if I could get 15 minutes mm. and, you know, a, a male, you know, a, a, mm. a assigned male at birth body, mm. like, I would definitely enjoy that, but I don't think it would mm. make or break my trans experience. And the fact mm. that it made her trans experience, like, yeah. that's where I was like, oh, like, you never thought about that before. Like, there's... See, and I think you're hitting on the, the exactly what the problem would this part of the story is, it's that we don't spend enough time with Lottie to know that maybe this is something that has been building up. Like this yeah. is a thing that she's had to deal with her whole life. Uh, we don't know that, you know, we, we don't know enough about Lottie to make that much uncertainty. Do you think yeah. that Lottie had all those pets because they were emotional support animals because she couldn't handle being trans? Well, <laughs> what was the point of the million animals? I mean, I can tell you that because at one point <laughs> they they telegraph a lot if you really like if you watch it a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. There are a couple like including everything from her training her parents to say help help she's putting me in a cage <laughs> so good. to when unfortunately she starts screaming help help he's putting me in a cage. And the neighbor upstairs shrieks to sh to the, for them to shut up, not realizing that there's actually horrible things going yeah. on. <laughs> um, but the the animals, I think, are her. She wanted a baby. At one point, her and the John Cusack character had a conversation where about having, yeah, about having yeah. a baby. And so she's got all these like she's got a a she's got Elijah, who I believe is a chimpanzee. I could be wrong. I, I know, know she she said monkey yeah. in the film, but I don't. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so she, like she's got Elijah, she's got a number of them, and like just another interesting note, he couldn't remember which one was which. And even if you don't like pets, come on, if you live with like a bunch of pets, you know, you know the difference between who's the monkey. But, and like I was like, like but yeah. that was one of the bigger mm -hmm. asshole moments before yeah. he becomes like a giant asshole. Yeah. But I was like, ooh, like when he was like, oh, which one? Which she says, go and get me Elijah, and he said, yeah. which one is that? And I'm like. Mm. Ooh, like you are a shitty husband. Yeah. Like if you can't remember the name of six animals, like yeah. like and like, that she was doesn't like, have that many. Yeah, animals. yeah. I mean, it's yeah. weird. And it's like, not like they're all cats or they're all monkeys. It's like <laughs> the they're different. Mix. They're fundamentally different animals. <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 kind of bizarre, but yeah. um, I do enjoy it. We mm. we also uh, you got just a glimpse into mm. a monkey's life. <laughs> That's kind of great, actually. I don't 
I don't know why that was there, but I loved it. Like, and it's it 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 fits that whole idea of like you're living as like you know you're living as John Malkovich. You're being yeah. you're seeing what happens when John Malkovich becomes John Malkovich. Oh god! You're so like weird. running through John Malkovich's buried subconscious. Which was my favorite part of the film. Oh my gosh, that like, was so intense. Way, the production yeah. design, essentially, John, uh, essentially, the two women get into John Malkovich's mm-hmm. subconscious, and you go through room to room to room. But the production, they mm-hmm. did it in real time. A lot yeah. of the so the when you're going through scene. windows, you're going through doors. It was like portals that the production designer and art director made mm-hmm. in order to do that. And I was like, that must have been so fun, like oh going gosh, through like. Life-size doggy, like human-size doggy mm-hmm. doors, and like things like that. I really, really enjoyed the art aspect of that. And and that goes whoever actually the production designer on this with the half floor, but everyone leaning over. Overall, the design yeah. of the film was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't. I did art department for a very long time. We don't get a lot of credit. Yeah, I was like, so shout out. <laughs> uh, well, I want to say I want to come back to Lottie uh, to to kind of hammer in a little bit more about her and. Uh, move on to talking about like whether Maxine uh, could be considered is considered a bisexual character, um, but we will talk a little bit about John Malkovich first reading the script, and we will talk a little bit about how the initial film was supposed to end. Because this is a very different film from Page to, to oh, Screen. Oh, okay. okay. Um, but we'll we'll get there. Now, yeah, I have a question about why. Yeah, I. Think that she's definitely, I mean, bisexual in in mm-hmm. the film. Mm-hmm. I well, I thought that it was interesting that she came out as trans in the film, mm. but there was no at no point did John like her character must have been out in the mm. prequel, whatever, you know, mm. um, as bisexual because John mm. uh, because John Cusack's character never really questioned that his wife is into this other woman. Yeah, and I was like. Oh, is this kind of their relationship? And I kind of enjoyed that mm. idea that, like, you know, because even if he wasn't in love with her, like, yeah. your wife comes home and you're a straight cis guy, mm. and all of a sudden your wife's like, I'm into this woman. It's like a couple questions, mm. <laughs> regardless if you love her or not. Like, hey, when did you start feeling that way? Is this gonna be an issue in our relationship? Are we gonna open it up? Like, it was, it was just like, oh, now she's trans and bisexual, and it was like. Oh, wait, what's happening? Because if she's yeah. a trans man, she was with, and she enjoyed being with John Cusack and enjoyed being with the woman. I'm like, well, like we didn't even mm. talk about that. It wasn't mentioned in the film. Well, and and because there is so much unsaid, there's only so far we can necessarily state about the characters. Yeah. But yeah, like and and when we're talking about bisexual, I also want to make sure that we're being clear. We're talking about uh, loving a gender that is the same or different as opposed to loving man or woman. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're talking about that when we talk about a bisexual character and bisexuality. Uh, but that said, they sort of, I'm worried that the writers were looking at this as saying, we want Maxine and Lottie to be a couple by the end. So this is, so Lottie, assuming that she's trans is actually her processing that she's a lesbian or bisexual. Or bisexual but yeah. I feel like particularly from the writing staff and from the unnuanced way a lot of uh, folks tended to write these scripts, it would have been like, ah, no, she's changing to lesbian. So, <laughs> so maybe yeah. if we make some trans, she'll turn to lesbians. 
And it's just like, no, no what? I don't, I don't understand this logic, but this is the logic that a lot of people did follow. So <laughs> I'm always like, I'm just going to keep making voices. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times when people don't understand like yeah. sexuality and gender are different, yeah. I just have to leave the conversation. I'm like, I can't, mm -hmm. I can't explain this. I got to go. <laughs> well, and, and I think to its credit in some ways, a lot of it is left unsaid. And so because of that, you kind of fill in the blanks on your own. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but to that other extent, because neither character necessarily states uh, whether they are bisexual, whether they are uh, a lesbian, there is a certain extent that uh, Maxine says, I kept the child because you were in Malkovich during that time, you are the father. I yeah. thought that was an interesting dynamic, yeah. even if it is still very messed up and very like, Again, you, you kind of, if you're going to enjoy the film, you have to put that aside, but yes, you yeah. really can't. There is still that, like, element, yeah. Yeah. but, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I think, um, I can definitely see that. I can definitely see the whole, like, you know, oh, I'm not trans, I'm a lesbian kind of thing, kind of, yeah. like, like, that realization, you know. Um, I will say, like, for 1999, mm -hmm. this is, I would say, pretty pretty advanced. I used a lot of words that now mm. I feel like wouldn't be acceptable, but I feel like overall the trans and bisexual representation, the lesbian representation in the film mm. wasn't as cringeworthy as I was going, as I was expecting for a yeah. film in 99. Like, mm -hmm. you know, um, and, and also showing bisexuals as manipulating people, um, you know, and, and villainish, you know, uh, I will say that most of the movies that show that don't show cis straight men very in a very good light either. Yeah. So I kind of feel like it's tit for tat at that point. Like we're just showing shitty people being shitty people. Mm. Um, you know. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to like you're bisexual and that's why you're bad. Um, and that you're using manipulation. Mm. It's like, all right, well, manipulations only mm. bisexuals are only done by bisexuals, and every character in this movie must be bisexual. Yeah. You know. <laughs> well, and and so I love the ending. I really do. Like you have to, you have to kind of. But what ending? Because <laughs> there's an ending to so many different stories yeah. for the ending. So the ending for me isn't necessarily the ending of the film. <laughs> like, I feel like so many things happen. Yeah. Like, so I love the ending of the film, okay. the way that they do that, because they establish that if you enter, like I don't. I love the concept of the ending, and okay. I love the way that they showed the very ending. I don't know that I necessarily loved the execution because even like when Diana and I were watching it, she was like, I missed the part where, uh, and spoiler alert from this movie from 1999, <laughs> uh, at the very end of the movie, John Cusack jumps out of John Malkovich in order to what he thinks is save Maxine, the woman that he is infatuated with and has been in a married relationship as John Malkovich for a number of years. Uh, yeah, I think it even says uh, yeah. and seven years. Yeah. Years, like seven years later. Mm -hmm. So yeah. he exits, and in the world of the piece, you have to enter the vessel uh, on their 44th birthday before midnight, because after that, it moves to a different vessel. Uh, and so all of these uh, older folks who are trying to not die go into the vessel and he says, I'm going to, I'm going to go back in. I'm going to be John Malkovich again and you're going to love me. And then it just cuts to uh, Lottie and Maxine at a pool with, a ch with their child. Yeah. 
and it was established that you'll be stuck in the consciousness of uh, the vessel, the next vessel, if you jump in while they're a baby, because yeah. they don't know how to process it, and so you'll, you'll be stuck there forever, and just walk, looking through their eyes, and it was like a very, so they show that that's what happens, and that he's stuck in the child of essentially Lottie and Maxine, I think, yeah, and uh, so, I mean, that's horrifying, yeah, uh, but he's a very angry man. Like, and that's that's what <laughs> yeah, I like yeah. about the ending. But it jumped very quickly from "I'm gonna go back to the door" to "Here's the ending." Here's the ending. You're seven years yeah. later, and they, I, whoever did the makeup for the seven years later needs to be fired. The way they made these people <laughs> age. Charlie Sheen has a very random part in it, and he looks amazing. He looks like it's so bizarre. And Charlie he, Sheen felt very Charlie Sheen. Yeah, like thing, it was like, yeah. but then they have him age in seven mm-hmm. years, and he's completely bald, and the bald cap was atrocious. Yeah. I was like, what are you gonna party city? And like, I was, it was terrible. It was like, <laughs> it was like yeah. college, you know, special effects one hundred and one. It was terrible. You know, at that point, <laughs> I was just kind of with it because it was just like, this is just such a weird movie. This seven is years later, we've all decayed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like not even a decade. <laughs> Dumb athlete looked <laughs> ragged. He looked mm-hmm. ragged after seven yeah. years. I was like, wow, what happens to this makeup on his family in seven well, I guess years? Technically, that would be 14 years. Oh, no, 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 because no. it's seven years and then a couple. No, no, you're right. It's seven what? years. Like, yeah. What yeah. happened? Yeah. I'm Hollywood, man. Mm-hmm. Seven years yeah. in Hollywood. It takes a lot out of you. Um, so, back to, back to that, though. I think they wanted, like, and I. I want to say that I love that they showed a somewhat positive queer relationship in Maxine and Lottie by the end. But I don't know that they gave Maxine enough redemption. They kind of started yeah. to, but it didn't really click because she, again, she was kind of a master manipulator in this yeah. thing. Yeah. And they definitely moved that she felt regret about that, and they definitely moved in a way that she was just like, I can't live like this. I can't be living the lie that I helped to create. But I wanted there to be more of a redemption for her. And again, yeah. like I just I don't know that I saw it. So as much as I love that there is a happy uh, couple of two cis women with their child, I, I don't know. It was tough it, because I know yeah. what one of them did. I know what one of them mm-hmm. did. And for me, the minute um, and how I, I I knew Lottie wasn't trans, but my yeah. my opinion on Essentially, Maxine wouldn't be sexual with Lottie unless she was in John Malkovich's male body. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, mm-hmm. and that was mm-hmm. like, and at one point, like she go, like Lottie goes to kiss Maxine. She mm-hmm. goes, no, no, honey, not like this. Yeah. And I was like, so all of a sudden, she's like in this like you know, woman woman relationship. Yeah. And I'm like, well. 20 minutes ago in the movie, you weren't willing to even kiss her because mm-hmm. she looked like a girl. So I felt like that, mm-hmm. for me, was read very untrue. Like, all of a sudden, you're okay with that, um, which, like, hopefully in the real world, people will see past mm-hmm. gender and genitalia and all that stuff. But, like, for me, in a movie in 1999, they kind of erased the trans... They tried to erase the transphobia of that comment yeah. of only wanting to sleep with her as a man in a man's body, in a cis man's body, um, for me, that was the hardest thing to swallow. It was like, oh, and now all of a sudden you're 
in this like lesbian park slope yeah. raising a baby relationship. I mean, I kind of, I kind of saw, I kind of saw it make sense in a like because her part of the Maxine pseudo redemption arc is her being very upset that she's still with the puppeteer uh, in John Malkovich and her wanting to escape that and kind of taking those seven years to realize she's actually not necessarily in love with, um, she's in love with Lottie, but Lottie as a person. And yes, because John Malkovich was a cis man that had a uh, cis woman, a cis woman, in, yeah, in a <laughs> quote unquote a vagina neck as not, not as, I'm not, not quoted from the movie, but essentially taken from one of the quotes of the movie. Yeah. Uh, because of that, she was able to kind of experience that and process the fact that like, oh, I was in love with Lottie. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And move past it. And I'm not necessarily saying that that is a good thing, but it's an interesting, interesting. thing. And it is something that I think there are a lot. I think that there is a real life correlation to some people who uh, make a bad decision or a decision based on their own experience to say, oh, I can't date trans. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I can't date this this person. Even like even a, a, a cis homosexual couple being like, oh, you know what? I don't know if I can. And yeah. then finally one day realizing, okay, nope. Yeah, this, I, this is fine. I feel like you really are mm. I feel like the way you view Maxine is so different than the way I view yeah. Maxine. Like I have her like I'm like Oh she's evil. I'm like that like, bitch doesn't love anybody. like for mm. me, like, um even the fact that she she has sex with Lottie in John mm. Malkovich's body okay. and then a couple of weeks a couple of days later mm. or whatever has sex with John Malkovich while the puppeteer is in the body and mm. couldn't tell the difference. Yeah. And then I was like Oh, you you're just in love with yourself and you just wanna see your reflection, you know, your mm. your reflection in someone's eyes essentially. And, you know, her character is very narcissistic and very much about herself. And for me I was like, I don't think she loves Lottie. I I think she's more tolerant of Lottie because she's less creepy than the puppeteer mm. and it's a much better life to be with someone that's not a freaking creepster. Mm. Especially the way they were aging these people, the men specifically <laughs> in these movies. <laughs> And you leave them anyway. You're like, oh, I'm good. Mm. But I feel that uh, I feel that I don't necessarily believe the whole. This is I believe that it's Lottie's baby, but I don't know yeah. if that necessarily made a difference. Or if it yeah. was like, I don't want to be with this dude, but at least like this one's less, and they love me, and I'm now with someone who loves me. Yeah. Um, and I kind of felt like maybe that's mm. you know less about being gay, lesbian, you know, bisexual, whatever, less about being that, more about just being so freaking infatuated with yourself. So you yeah. took seven years to, like, as her growing, I was like, she was just using someone for seven more years. Yeah. <laughs> I might be bitter. I mean, I might have had some bad relationships. So, I mean, mm. you know, but I feel like that type of woman wouldn't necessarily evolve that much. I think mm. she would just evolve in a way to make it easier on herself. Mm -hmm. you know, kind of thing, you know. No, I see that. And I think, and again, like, I don't think that there's necessarily one true answer, yeah. particularly for Maxine, because Maxine is a very complicated character. And I think that's what I enjoy about her mm -hmm. as much as 
fuck Maxine. Yeah, yeah. Like, fuck all these characters. Yeah, honestly. well, really. Like, Lottie, I'm all... a little bit more like, okay, like, there, there's still, there is still, what, the, the way I will say this is that you could write a book about how terrible consent is in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Because so much. the levels of, like, I don't want to laugh, but you're, so much. Sense, but you're, like, at, oh, oh. It's like, a it's, very rapey movie. It's yeah, a rapey movie. Like, just, yeah, for, for lack of a better term, it's, it, it is something that you may have an issue with if you uh, have, or not issue, you may want a trigger warning if you yeah. have issues with, stories that deal with uh, lack of consent, particularly for body control. Yeah, um, yeah. So, but it is, it, yeah, it's, it's, so with that in mind, it's very hard to like any of these characters. Any of them. Any of them. But it's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, like they, they do a very good job making them well-roundedly god-awful. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. the only one I really like, I think John Cusack for me was like, for me the most unredeemable character of yeah. the film. I feel like he just oh, progressively yeah. gets worse. There's really no, yeah. I don't feel like he really has an arc. I think he just progressively yeah. goes downhill. Like we <laughs> he doesn't have an arc, yeah, he just has he a just plummet. Yeah. Under the plummet. <laughs> it's like, it's just down. all downhill for him. Right um, so I want to talk a little bit about how John Malkovich reacted to this. He actually thought that the, uh, <laughs> the writer of the script, he was just like, when he received it, he said, did, did I do something to wrong this writer? Oh my God. <laughs> it's just like, especially when you see it, like, oh, hey, you're that guy, you're that actor guy, John, uh, John Malkovich. Yeah, John Malkovich. I liked you in that Jewel Thief movie. I was in that movie. I love that they, like, John Malkovich played, like, I love that they wrote it, and, like, it's pretty much his character, um, you know, uh, his character before he's taken over, realizes that everyone knows his face, but no one actually knows what he's actually been in. Yep. Um, and I know that after it came out, and about, oh. about like five years after it came out, when YouTube finally like kind of blew up in 2004 a little bit, mm -hmm. um, he did this thing where he went around and he asked people, what do you know me from? And everyone said... <laughs> Nobody can say no, the right thing. Every, well, everyone just said, being John Malkovich. <laughs> and he was like, well, besides that. And everyone was like, ah. <laughs> So, like, the fact that it was in the movie, like, he knows, like, he's just... Much like the Maxine mm -hmm. character, who you told me the name mm -hmm. 20 minutes ago, I'm like, I'm not going to remember that. But, like, it's like, oh, that girl from yeah. that movie. <laughs> everybody, so everybody, when they first got the script, wanted someone other than John Malkovich. John Malkovich, <laughs> he, he was like, I, I will happily direct, I will happily write, I will happily produce this, but could it be, should it be someone else? And, yeah, like, like, the writer-director said, no, New Line Cinema wanted Tom Cruise. Oh my god. John Malkovich was actually behind doing being Tom Cruise. Wow. And it was just like, no, it's gotta be John Malkovich. And part of it is because it's fun to say Malkovich. Yeah, and particularly really <laughs> like how often, like when he's in his own subconscious, seeing everybody with his head just saying the word Malkovich, that was trippy okay. as hell. But that was so like, yeah. And Cruise, I can't Cruise, even... Cruise, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise. I mean, yeah, that's kind of funny, but Malkovich, Malkovich, Malkovich. Oh, that's comedy that's, gold. That's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Um, I love it. That's, that's really good. In the initial script, instead of uh, Charlie Sheen, it was supposed to be Kevin Bacon. But John Malkovich said, you know, actually, uh, what about, I could probably call Charlie Sheen. He would be, and like, 
So, there was like nice little nuggets within that. Like yeah. even like that, I I'm sure that that footage was probably real footage of like the Oscars when John Malkovich was there. So there's like random actors who are like probably credited <laughs> on IMDb who aren't actually in the movie. Like I'm like Brad Pitt is there. Yeah, Brad Pitt's like mm -hmm. randomly in the part, and I'm I'm like I wonder how much was found footage from like yeah. these award shows. Like do these people even know they're in the movie? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I wanted to tell you about the original ending. Oof, yeah. So the ending, we talk about the ending, it's fairly, it's actually fairly simple and like there are a surprising amount of redeemable characters, more so than in the ending of the initial script. Ooh, okay, okay. Uh, so I'm going to read this. I got this off of uh, Mental Floss, who got this off of uh, the director's commentary. Uh, <clears throat> Instead of making Malkovich a famous puppeteer, in the original script, Craig announced to the world that he is the master puppeteer and that Malkovich is his puppet. He does a one-man show in Las Vegas. Mr. Flimmer, of Merton Flimmer, is actually the devil and tries to convince Craig to get out of Malkovich's mind so that he and his group can take over the world. <laughs> when Craig and the great Martini, the world's greatest puppeteer, challenge each other, Flimmer controls the great Martini's Harry, H., Harry S. Truman puppet which culminates in Flemmer raising the real Truman from the grave <laughs> to tell the audience to vote for Martini. A defeated Craig leaves the vessel, and Flemmer and company take over as Malkovich and have him rule the world. <laughs> Craig and Lottie reunite, but it's revealed that the great Martini is controlling him, and Flemmer is controlling the great Martini. And when Flemmer laughs, his throat looks like the tunnel to the vessel that goes into Malkovich. <laughs> The closing credits would have been scored by They Might Be Giant song, Put Your Hand Inside the Puppet Head. Oh my goodness. Yeah! I like the ending we got, I but mean, I really want to see I that mean, shot. Like, like, I just, mm -hmm. I never understand how these things are funded. Like, if this script with that <laughs> ending would have come past my, like, come past my desk, it would have been like, nah, I probably wouldn't have gotten past the first mm -hmm. scene, honestly. But, like, the reason what? John Cusack is attached is because he told his agent, I want the weirdest, most absurd script you can find me. Just give me the strangest thing ever. And they handed him this, That's and he immediately bizarre. signed on. This is, yeah, no, this is, and I, and actually, like, thinking that, reading that out loud, I wonder if that's where they were going with the whole, like, uh, Emily Dickinson puppet in the beginning. Yeah. Because, you know, like, they're showing this guy with a giant puppet. Oh, he's doing this gimmick thing. And it's just like, Oh yeah. Uh, I see how I see how that would have tied to this original this, ending. That is because yeah. so that is bizarre. in some of the interviews that I wrote. Imagine how bad that effect would have been in 1999. <laughs> so good, oh my me? goodness. Well, and, and I wonder if that's also I wonder because you know there was that moment where Malkovich is controlling a ballet puppet, and it's clearly a dude in a costume. Yeah. I wonder if that's what they, they made the puppet for that, because he looks vaguely nightmarish. Yeah. Oh. So I wonder if they made the puppet for this original. And again, I'm speculating right now. But like, yeah. a lot of these pieces are there where it's like, oh, crap, we already made the, the puppet costume. <laughs> uh, 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 John Malkovich is at the ballet, and he's doing something with a puppet. And you can literally yeah. feel that, like, like, it's a different room, like, clearly yeah. that John Malkovich, it's like, they were like, oh, man, we got this ballet shit going on. Let's get him into a green screen studio and throw some mm -hmm. strings in front of him. <laughs> like, yeah. So. Yeah, very, I think yeah. that's, so and this, that character didn't even, the character, mm -hmm. uh, was it, the, the doctor character? Yeah. He Dr. didn't, he didn't, like, even 
So this doctor character plays what a dermatologist or something, and he essentially when Lottie is like, I want to go and talk to Doctor So and So. He's an allergist. An allergist. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to go talk. It's one of my favorite, that, yeah. my favorite lines in the movie. Um, one of my favorite parts of the movie is this scene where she's like, I'm gonna go into talk to this doctor about getting sexual reassignment, and he's like, he's an allergist. You can't even like something like. If you're going to do it, do it correctly. Mm. And I feel like it has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. Mm. And it's John Cusack just ending a fight with his wife that he had the night before. Mm. Like, just, like, figure it out. Yeah. I actually, I didn't hate that for, for two reasons, that exchange. Like, I did kind of because it was still sullied by a lot of the, like, other, <laughs> but, like, the whole, I want to talk to Dr. I forget his name. And it's just like, he's an allergist. Go to, go to a go real to doctor that. for this. It's like, I value his opinion. You know what? Okay. Yeah. I'm, okay. Like, See, you're, like, you're still, so much more forgetting. I just hear my I, mother I, from Queens, like, mm -hmm. you're going to waste the money on that doctor because you like them? Like, I could just hear my mother. Yeah. Like, and that's, I was like, you're going to go to an allergist? <laughs> like, I just have that little bit of mm. that, that glass mm. half empty uh, Queens attitude. Like, mm. I'm just like, girl, go to a doctor. <laughs> Go to Callan Lord and <laughs> not an allergist. <laughs> so I think we're I think we're at the point where we can uh, start wrapping up. Um, do you? So I'm going to ask you the two questions I ask at the end of every episode. First off, let's start with: Is it transphobic? Uh, you can do a scale of one to ten. You could just say like a, you, you can make a noise. Yeah, I would say. I, I mean, I didn't find it. I, again, I, I and I've said this on the show before. I always take the time the movie was made into consideration, um, and I I don't feel for 1999 it was transphobic. Mm. Yeah, I would have I would have seen it as some sort of representation. Uh, that was my senior year of high school, mm. and I probably would have. I'm kind of upset I didn't know this movie. Like I knew it existed, but I had no idea. Yeah. They, they didn't advertise it like as a like any kind of trans things. Like I'm pretty sure in the yeah. 90s I watched every. LGBT movie that was available, um, and I'm like, how that one slipped by. I I feel like it would have been helpful, not hurtful. Well, I wonder. I wonder if it would have been considered a spoiler if they made it a queer movie. And, yeah, you know, yeah. Like all of those words had scare quotes around them. Um, <laughs> which also, just FYI, uh, an aspect I didn't say in looking at a lot of these reviews. When talking about Lottie and Maxine's relationship at the end, a lot of these reviews used a lot of scare quotes and a lot of they, I guess. And it's just like, okay. <laughs> just FYI, they? yeah. It's a whole other vlog. Like in 2001, there's an emoji of this, yeah. like, <laughs> Yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll answer that question too. Uh, is it transphobic? Ah, no, yes. It's that kind of in-between place where I don't think that they went far enough. Uh, so in a way that's also detrimental because it's just sort of just a trans joke at that point. Mm. And it's just like, eh. I wish, honestly, it would have been a much stronger thing if she was like, am I trans? Am I using the words of the film? Am I transsexual? Am I this? What's going on? Like, if this was opening up the question, the question was no, I would have been okay with that. 
Yeah. But it was very like, yes, I'm transsexual now, and I'm gonna get sexually assigned Mr. Drive. Ah. I figured out um, identity in two yeah. minutes, in a 15 minute identity. Yeah. And <laughs> you know, like, and again, like, if we had seen her journey and we knew, like, oh, yep, okay, there were signs there throughout, like, we yeah. could have made a more educated. And I don't think, like, I, I don't think like missed, film, Did you feel like you missed anything that might no. have? No, right? Like, you've seen no. the bunch. Like, of I, th yeah, I think, I think, honestly, this was just them making a joke and. Having it be a thing where they're like, oh, well, this movie's about change, and it's about figuring out change, and it's just like that's not how that works. <laughs> um, so that said, it's it's gray area. I would give it a five. Okay. Yeah, okay. So like, yeah, all right. Like, it's not the worst thing in the world, you know. There's some good stuff. By the way, you've been given a compliment by oh. by a friend of the show, Sandy. Oh, Sandy says, AJ, looking good. Oh, well, thank you, um, Sandy. So. <laughs> Let's go to the other question. Did you find it enjoyable? Um, I did. I uh, it's very weird. It has. Um, I love me some like cult kind of class, mm. like culty movies. Um, and this is. It. I don't feel like it's become a cult classic, mm. but I definitely feel that it's. Uh, it has a culty feel, and I kind of love that. And that yeah. I enjoy that. I don't know if the writers uh, didn't want to talk about the symbolism or. They just didn't actually have any symbolism. <laughs> um, I kind of love that because, like, as a mm. as a film person, I've definitely been like, "Oh yeah, that's a choice, aka a mistake." Um, <laughs> but it was a choice. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think um, I would watch it again, and I would I would definitely recommend it. Yeah. 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 No, this is uh, and because I have IMDb at my fingertips, it was written by Charlie Hawk. Oh, uh, okay. That is the writer that we've said he's written a bunch of stuff. Yeah. We know he's done it. Um, Funny story also, really quick before I answer that question, one of the producers on this was Michael Stipe. Oh. R.E.M. Oh, that is very interesting. Yeah. It wasn't like an R.E.M. score. Like, no, R.E.M. didn't, uh, to the best of my knowledge, R.E.M. didn't contribute yeah. any music. Um, I'm like, if you're going to produce know, a movie, I'd be like, here's all my music. Yeah. <laughs> like, now, here's the money, play my song. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, so as far as whether I enjoyed it, I loved this movie with the obvious caveat that you kind of have to look past a lot of consent issues, which, you know, is a part of uh, a the, lot. You know, yeah, which a is, lot. Which is a, it is, it is a movie. There are people inside John Malkovich. They're seeing through his eyes at times that he doesn't have control over. And he acknowledges once he pops out the other end of his 15 minutes in there, he's like, bit like, Oh well, this this is you know I kind of found it. It's just like this is my head. <laughs> yeah, good yeah, for I John mean, Malkovich. I wish. <laughs> I feel like I would love to have. I would be okay with. I'm like, oh, you want you want to see what I see? Come on, and my friend, they'd be running out that tunnel. <laughs> they ain't staying for 15 minutes. They're out. <laughs> like, you live in my brain for 15 minutes. Be the shortest trip ever. <laughs> I gotta go. This kid is crazy. <laughs> So, uh, awesome. Is there anything you want to plug? Is there a way that you want people to find you on the internet? Uh, yeah, I always plug on this show because it's so relevant to your show. Mm -hmm. um, my film, Words the Film, uh, Words the Documentary, it is on Amazon, and you can find that at Words the Film on all social media. And uh, we are currently setting up a screening for my next short film called Neon Blue. So if you Ooh. love very handsome young gay boys, who are trying to figure themselves out. Uh, it is a film for you. It's really quite entertaining with some queers in it, you know, filmed by queers with queers in it. 
you know, that's what you all are asking for, so support. <laughs> we want gay movies by gays here. Mm -hmm. um, so that'll be, we'll be talking about that pretty soon. So keep yeah. an eye out. Very cool. And that was called Neon Boys? Neon Boys. And it's okay. set up, uh, it's about go, uh, a go-go dancer who was in jail who drew uh, go-go dancing, figures mm -hmm. out, finds uh, a man that he falls in love with and figures out that he's gay. And uh, it deals with a whole bunch of emotional issues and, uh, you know, suicidal uh, issues and the prison system being screwed up. It's a nice little 24-minute piece that I just finished last night and I'm very, very proud of it. So... Yeah, it should be good. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, for me, you can find me on the internet. Uh, you can find the Is a Transphobic podcast on the internet on Facebook if you just look for Is a Transphobic podcast. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Is it Transphobic, uh, and of course, support us on Patreon. The you can support even for just a dollar a month, and that'll get you access to the videos. Which, if you're watching right now, thank you so much for watching our live stream. This thank will be for 24 hours, and then it will be gone. After that, the only way to watch it, as well as our Patreon exclusive Kiki, is through the Patreon. Uh, you can find me at Lucretia Deerfor, L-U-C-R-E-T-I-A-D-E-A-R, -E -E then the number four, uh, on Twitter. And uh, I'm not really pushing anything major right now, other than we just finished up Scowl. Oh my god, I'm so mad I missed it. It's totally I was, cool. I was like in a different city, well, a different state, but it looked, the pictures are phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you, we're, we're working on the video for it. We're trying awesome. to, yeah, we, we're figuring out exactly how we want uh, the video, because we promised our Indiegogo folks, and we've been telling everyone the whole point of Scowl is that we want to keep telling the story consist like constantly and consistently. Okay. Uh, and so we're going to put it out so that people can see the story so far. We're just trying to figure out the best method to do that, whether that's just release the entire thing, release it as a, like, you know, how, how we want to release it. So follow us on uh, scowlfight.com. That's it. S-C-O-W-L-Fight.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram. We're going to be popping up some videos and stuff like that, some quick uh, some quick shots, some quick hits. It really, it really looks, looks phenomenal. It looks phenomenal. Yeah. But there's, there's a video up, I believe, already of you warming up uh, doing fight warm-ups, and it's just you, like, headbutting someone. Oh, yeah. And I was like, get a girl. Yeah. No, that was that was actually the, the first fight, the first night. It's, uh, yeah, like, That's right awesome. in front of a, a very awesome crowd uh, where I get to headbutt a man named Pat Riarchy. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. It, takes, it takes some people a couple of weeks to get that fun. <laughs> no, it's good. That's really good, actually. <laughs> Awesome. All right. So I think that's it. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We enjoyed John being John Cusack. We enjoyed being John Malkovich. We did not enjoy anything about John Cusack. <laughs> Is It Transphobic was produced, edited, and coordinated by Ashley Lauren Rogers. The Is It Transphobic logo was created by Phoenix Sweeney, and you can see more of their work at tinylionroars.github.io. The original music you heard was all created by Vivian Aladrin, who you can find on Bandcamp at vivianaladrin.bandcamp.com.